Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast. You've got a lot of guts coming here. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. You must unlearn what you have learned. And now, here's your hosts. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. John Archiquette. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Matt Turner. I'm not afraid. And Joshua Gray. You will be. You're listening to the Legion Outrider podcast here from bright, sunny Las Vegas, our hive of scum and villainy, if you will. I'm your host, John Archiquette, here with my good friends, Joshua Gray and Matt Turner. What's going on, guys? Hello. Hello. And we're here at uh, Power Nine Games here in North Las Vegas. It's a pretty exciting day because we're uh, starting off our first podcast about Star Wars Legion. It's a game that all, all three of us are, are looking forward to, and we all... Come from different various aspects of uh, of war gaming. So well, I think one thing we all have in common though is we're all pretty big Star Wars fans. Wait, I, I thought you said Star Trek. <laughs> no, no, of course Star Wars. Yes, this isn't the last Starfighter. No, Battlestar Bell, <laughs> Galactica. Yeah, well, I think exactly. you're a few decades too oh, late for that man. one. But uh, yeah, no, I mean uh, all of us, I believe, have uh, been to see all the movies. We're excited for the Star Wars property, and I know when I started out playing 40k. 15 some odd years ago, I was always hoping for some sort of Star Wars version of that that I could uh, field instead of painting my space marines to look like stormtroopers and whatnot. So very excited for this one. I've been going through most of the gaming systems since then, like War Machine, X-Wing, and uh, some others. But uh, no, this uh, getting in on the ground floor of Legion got me super hyped. So, Josh, where do you come from with gaming? So, I'm kind of like the accidental war gamer, right? I've always been a, a PC gamer, um, video games, stuff like that. But I've always really loved a lot of the tabletop properties on PC, like uh, Battletech and 40K and things like that. Read all the books and, and get into all the games. But I've always been put off by painting and then just the time it takes to you know play a game of 40K or you know the, the hobby aspect of it. Um, and then I had a friend who introduced me to X-Wing. And it all changed from there. X-Wing, you know? that gateway drug. Yeah, <laughs> X-Wing it was the, the gateway into plastic crack. Um, so, you know, I, I got into war gaming and, and, or tabletop gaming with that. You know, it's a, it's a pretty compact game as far as how long it takes to play a game, things like that. Um, and it didn't require any hobby uh, aspects to it. Um, but, but you did I, start painting. But then I started yeah. painting, yeah. And I found out, I'm like, hey, I suck at this, but I enjoy it. So um, <laughs> so I decided to, uh, you know, when they announced Legion, um, I was kind of actually, to be perfectly honest, kind of eh about it uh, based on just those first initial preview articles. But then as stuff started coming out about it, I was like, hey, this looks like this is going to be really good. And of course, you, like Matt mentioned, huge Star Wars fan. Um, and, and, you know, at the time I was kind of dabbling as a, to whether I really wanted to make that jump into 40K. Um, and then as some of the preview articles started coming out, I'm like, nah, I'm going to, I'm good over here. Thanks. So I uh, decided to uh, get on the ground floor of Legion and man, I could not be more kicking excited. Kicking and screaming yeah. the entire no, way. Not, not, at this point, no, not kicking and screaming at all. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on board, but um, you know, I'm, uh, I know some of us are FFG fanboys. Uh, Hello. I'm kind of a, <laughs> I'm kind of a, a frenemy of FFG. So I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the game, but really excited to see what it holds. Cool. So yeah, you kind of came from a complete opposite spectrum standpoint for me because I came into it as a hobbyist for many years. I'd, I'd say about 15 years ago is when I first actually started painting and uh, went through some Warhammer Fantasy, some 40K stuff, but I don't think I actually put any models on the table and played a game until about four, about four or five years ago. And um, 
I have armies that are sitting on my shelf for a number of game systems that have never actually seen a I'm tabletop. I'm sure far more beautiful <laughs> than anything I've been able to put out and never get to see any play. But either way, I mean, it doesn't matter if you don't actually get it on the tabletop. But I, you know, I've, I've gone through a couple different gaming systems, though. I've, I've played Warhammer Fantasy, 40K, uh, Bolt Action, uh, some historical stuff, and then X-Wing 2, but not, not quite to the level that you have. You know, I've never done it competitively, but you know, i, I got a few, few ships sitting around at home. Star Wars Legion, I think, kind of brings a lot of the you know the the best of a lot of those worlds together. You know, brings the the Star Wars mythos, the you know these iconic characters that we've all kind of grown up with, along with uh, some of the the gaming systems within you know 40k and Bolt Action that uh, I think that really you know make it come to life. I'm thinking that Fantasy Flight is kind of this is going to be probably the one of the more accessible tabletop battle strategy games that are out there. Uh, 40K has definitely made strides with 8th edition, making it a lot easier for people to jump in. I think Fantasy Flight is just getting it to that next level. So you won't see people messing around with uh, tape measures, things like that, that look kind of like, well, what's that going on? They'll see little maneuver tools, little range rulers, and it's pretty clear pretty quickly to people that you might be demoing what's going on there. Yeah, there's a lot of mechanics you can see that they've they've kind of picked and chose from from other games. Some things that have oh, worked, yeah. some things that maybe didn't work as well in other games that they've kind of you know honed and crafted into their own way. That uh, I don't know we have, we haven't got a chance to play the game yet, so we haven't you know we haven't seen how well it actually works out. But I'm optimistic Be on some demos or whatnot. But yeah, only a couple more weeks, and then we'll have our hands on our own little preview copies. Yay! Now, in the meantime, we do have some other uh, some other Star Wars news, some things that are coming out with Star Wars. What are we uh, what are we looking at in the next couple of weeks? Oh well, coming up in the near horizon, well, uh, the second season, well, the second half of the last season of Rebels is out, and I finally did get to watch it, Josh. And oh my god, oh my wow, wow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's whoa, uh, that just happened. We'll, we'll see. they still got some episodes to wrap up with, but it's uh, pretty interesting. Uh, other than that, we know that uh, Solo is going to be uh, Memorial Weekend, uh, or as I'm calling it, the uh, the Lando movie. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who, who who saw Donald Glover being cast as Lando Calrissian and didn't get excited about oh, it? Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 right? Yeah. Oh, man. And and just the, uh, the, the little bit of the screen captures and pictures and the, the little trailers we've seen, he looks totally awesome. But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping he kind of steals the show. But I, I'm cautiously optimistic that it's going to be a good movie. The worst case scenario, it's got Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you yeah. can't go wrong with, with a movie with Chewbacca. And if you don't like it, it'll pull your arms out of your sockets, <laughs> probably. But uh, other than that, uh, they announced the uh, the Last Jedi Blu-ray is going to be on March 27th. Looks like there's going to be tons of extras on there. So if you're like me and like to go through all those behind the scenes stuff. Looks like there's going to be a lot of stuff in there. but It'll be out much. just in time for you to paint all your miniatures, and you can have that on, and that'll be great. That's mm, that's yeah. exactly what I'm looking forward yeah. to, because I might not be the biggest fan of that movie, but it'll be something I can have playing in the background while I'm painting. That's really all I want. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's about it for Star Wars news right now. Awesome. So one of the things that we're also going to do uh, with our Legion Outrider podcast is uh, bring up some hobby segments, because I, you know, I'm pretty much forcing you guys to, to do that. Hobby John wants to talk about hobby stuff. That's <laughs> need my weird. hobby time. Well, FFG's actually forcing us to talk about it, too, because you, you got to have the hobby aspect, whether oh, you're man. whether you're going to go through and commission somebody to paint for you or you got to paint your own, you know. It's be ranks upon ranks of gray ATSTs. Right. Yeah. No, they're painted. <laughs> Good thing how, that's how, they how do you tell? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's one thing that that's a big, you know, change of pace from X-Wing is X-Wing, everything comes pre-painted, and you don't really have terrain, whereas... With any other, you know, tabletop war game, terrain is essentially a part of the game. You know, you, you, oh, need, yeah. to, you need to factor that in when you're playing. So, 
the game comes with uh, you know a few little barricades here and there, which uh, you know which play a big part as far as you know cover tokens or anything like that. Oh sure. But, yeah. So what are you working on? Since I know this is kind of sailing well, to the point. I'm I'm excited. I'm putting together uh, a Tatooine battlefield for the uh, for the demo set here for the store. Nice. And I I've been pillaging Michaels, going through Home Depot, <laughs> um, you know, Target to pick up Tupperware. There's a lot of little uh, little things that you can use to turn into buildings that you might look at and say like, well, that doesn't work for terrain. But no, like it's all it's all basically what you can come up with in your mind. You know, yeah. as creative as you want to be. Throw some spackle on it and maybe stick an antenna out the top, and Absolutely. suddenly it's in a galaxy far, far away. And there's so many diverse planets and so much topography that you can work with with the Star Wars universe that, I mean, you're only limited by your own imagination. I mean, you, you want, you know, Mustafar, you can do that if you want to do... Well, yeah, just uh, <laughs> everything, the walkway is all breaking into the lava flows, that'd be... Interesting to see if we could rig up, but yeah, no, there, you could do Endor or the forest moon of Endor. I don't think you want to be on Endor itself, <laughs> but uh, uh, a Tatooine is an obvious one. Uh, as you said, Mustafar, Hoth. I'm sure we're going to do a Hoth table here for that. that Josh, be... what what uh, what terrain are you basing your guys with? Well, uh, as far as terrain goes, uh, we're going to be flight. We're going to be fighting on the planet Captain Crunch uh, because <laughs> you know I have no skill at anything like that. So, so I'm basically going to be like yeah, cereal yeah. boxes, and you know I'm, I'm basically going to go to Walmart, and you know we're gonna play with our food before we uh, before we actually put it away. Um, no, the soup I mean, can it, is a transmission tower. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much what I'm gonna be doing. So uh, basically, the uh, the upshot of that is I'm gonna be playing on whatever you bring. Honestly, <laughs> so yeah, I, I have no no skill for that. I, I'm barely good enough at painting the minis. We'll, we'll yeah, get you there. Don't yeah, worry. We'll, we'll get there. I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think my my dream board is if I can make uh, a Bespin Cloud City. Oh, that'd be like sweet. Like indoor kind of map. Oh, I think I want to work on like a Scarif Beach. That would be that'd, really cool. If they ever come out with some uh, shore trooper models, which I'm sure they will, you know, maybe put some Hawaiian shirts on them or something. Just have them out there. <laughs> well, enjoying their, I mean, you, you uh, can, push assignment. You can uh, always paint the, up your stormtroopers that way. Ah, no, no, I'm going to wait for the shore troopers. The I think stormtroopers should be stormtroopers. <laughs> If someone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if someone makes a Tom, Stel- Tom Selleck stormtrooper. Oh, man. <laughs> Luke just has the mustache. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. That sounds horrifying. Don't anybody do that, please. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, there's a really cool website I found, or a, a Facebook group that I found, too. Um, it's a Star Wars Legion unofficial, in you know quotations, uh, terrain group. And they have all kinds of pictures and tutorials from uh, other users who... Just getting creative with uh, random household items and, and hmm. making their own terrain. I mean, since there's no official terrain for <laughs> Legion, branding yourself unofficial seems kind of unnecessary. But, uh, hey, no, that's awesome. It's always good to have uh, an idea of what other people are working on, get yourself inspired, and, hey, maybe I should give that a try. Hey, just a random question. Does, does anybody know how the Legion models are going to scale with, like, the, the scale train sets that are out there right now because uh, obviously you're not going to have stormtroopers going down Main Street USA like you see a lot of the, the dioramas and everything in, in train modeling but they do have a lot of terrain they've got a lot of trees they got a lot of mountains they got a lot of all, all kinds of stuff like that anybody know I mean as, as somebody who's looked at that stuff before poorly poorly is usually, okay yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> trains are usually on a much smaller scale except for the, the, some of the larger stuff sometimes you can get those kind of tree things but uh, I think I saw that uh, 146th, I believe, or 148th was the uh, the actual scale for for Star Wars Legion. 
Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so because oh. I know the, the models themselves were supposed to be what 30, 32 millimeter, thirty two millimeter. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the, the well, no, the, yeah, the, the yeah, the, the actual the model scale bases, is thirty, yeah. I yeah. think. But uh, yeah, and then their bases are. But so if, so if you want if you want to compare area, that yeah. to you know other established war games, I think it's a little bit bigger than what you'd expect from Warhammer Forty K. No, these these guys look big. If you're used mm-hmm. to looking at figures on the battlefield, they look big in comparison. Like. Standing just as tall as what a Primaris Marine for the stormtroopers. Yeah, so. I was thinking somewhere between a, a, yeah. a normal space marine 30, and a Primaris Marine mil, somewhere in there. So if you have existing 40k like sci-fi type terrain, oh yeah, it'll still work. I mean, you may have stormtroopers hitting their heads when they walk through the doorways, but as somebody who's six foot six, is something you learn to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just the wrong emperor. Yeah, yeah. For the emperor means two different things, unfortunately. No, you just might need to scrape all the extra skulls and whatnot off of the uh, <laughs> the GW terrain. But yeah, it should absolutely serve. I think I might actually repurpose a couple of those landing pads, turn it into something for the forest moon. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've been raiding my bits box, you know, pulling random doors, and like you said, scrape a few skull th- skulls off some 40k uh, <laughs> bits, and you'll, you'll find some stuff that. By works. a few, we mean lots and lots of skulls. And, and Aquilas and other things. Yeah, it's going to be a great great market for anybody who's got a, a really good 3D printer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's, I've, I've definitely yeah. seen people popping up with Kickstarters and stuff like that. The quality doesn't, I don't know, I think you can probably bash together your own terrain that looks a little bit better. But, hey, it's available if you are you know don't want to bother with it. Um, I wouldn't be totally shocked if Fantasy Flight eventually starts putting out a few kits here and there uh, once the game, as I'm sure, it takes off like wildfire. Yeah, that's one thing I was thinking too. Is like that's a that's a perfect market for it because it's something that proprietarily they own the rights to. Yeah, you know, they might as well put out some some terrain for it. And you can ensure that it's going to be compatible with your models because the supplier is supplying it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be great, but. And like as we said before, I mean, there are mechanics within the game itself that kind of necessitate having, you know, some kind of terrain, whether it's line of sight blocking or something that provides cover for your troops. Oh sure, yeah, no, they have all those tables and charts for the different types of terrain they recommend. But uh, it's nice that they have kind of that diversity. So whatever you happen to have laying on the shelves or whatnot, you can immediately apply over to your Legion game. So now that we've got the a uh, little bit of the release schedule, some of the Wave One stuff coming out, and uh, you know the first couple releases after that, we we look at our expectations. You know, what what are we thinking is going to be you know, the big hits coming out? You know, what are we concerned about? You know, Josh, what, what's something that you like about what you've seen so far? One thing that I like that I've seen about the games so far, and, and I come at this completely from an X-wing player perspective. Um, to be quite honest with you, I've really cooled on X-Wing because 14 waves in now through the the release or the uh, wave announcement that they made last week, uh, there's a lot of power creep. There's a lot of ships that I don't use anymore that just sit on like like you have ships that you use or you have stuff that you use that sits on a shelf because you've just never put it on the table. I have stuff that sits on a shelf because it's just not that viable competitively in the game very uh, anymore. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with kind of their business model about how they include upgrade cards in, uh, in in expansions, and you know you you may buy an expansion not for the ship necessarily, but because of the cards that are in it, because it'll they're good for other ships that you, that you own, um, and, and especially as the meta in that game shifts about once every six months. Um, it doesn't look like 
Legion is going to be that kind of a game. From everything yeah. that, that we've seen so far, from all of the preview articles and, and all of the announcements, uh, it, it looks like all of the upgrade cards that come in an upgrade are either mirrored in a like opposing faction upgrade or are specific to that unit. Um, for example, you know, we've seen the, the, the preview articles on uh, General Veers and Princess Leia. Yeah. It, it appears, aside from the command cards, which are obviously going to be, you know, specifically for that that Yeah, they're unique commander, command cards. They're unique just command cards. Mm -hmm. All of the upgrade cards that are the smaller cards are shared they're they're in each one, so it's not like I have to buy General Veers and Princess Leia. I can just buy General Veers, and I'm going to get the same content that's the general content that is also in the Princess Leia one. Um, both of the both the stormtroopers and the um, and and the rebel troopers, their initial uh, release expansion pack, they both come with grappling hooks and impact grenades. I don't have, you know, it's not like ion grenades in one and impact grenades on the other. And if, if I want to have the full arsenal available to me, I've got to buy both. Or I've got to go on eBay and I've got to pay a premium <laughs> to just get that card. Yeah. Um, X-Wing is, is really bad with what, what I like to kind of call the gotta catch them all syndrome. Um, and it doesn't appear that I don't have to do that for Legion. You know, I can go and if I just want to be an Imperial player, which is what I'm going to do, um, I don't have to go and buy all the terrorist scum. You know, I don't have to do any of that. Freedom fighters. Yeah, the terrorist scum. That's okay. <laughs> Freedom fighters. You know, uh, different points of view. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I really like that. And, you know, that's one of the things when I was thinking about getting into 40K, that was one of the things that really, that really appealed to me that if I just want to go and buy one army, all I have to do is I go buy that army, I buy a core rule book that, that gets revised once every four years, and then I go and I buy the codex for that specific army. And that's it. And that's, that's you know, it's a lot easier spending 90 bucks on a couple of books every four years than, you know, 150 bucks on four expansions every six months for X-Wing. Um, so I, I really like that business model that, that, that they have that I only have to buy the things that I'm actually interested in playing. That's great for me. Sure, and, and nice. with you know being a, a 40k player for a long time, 95% of the time I'll buy a model because it looks cool, and not necessarily because it has great rules. So I can't imagine having to pay you know thirty dollars just for a card when you don't even care about the, the you know the, the free ship that comes along with yeah, it. Yeah, fingers crossed. Now they'll they'll stick to that model that we've seen, and uh, that'll be the case. Yeah, and the joke always used to be when when looking at X-wing, talking about the Star Viper when it when it was yeah. released. Uh, you know, they packaged it with the Auto Thrusters card that was really good for a lot of other different ships, but the the Star Viper on release wasn't that great of a ship. Kind of overcosted. You know, the the pilot abilities weren't that great. So the running joke was always you bought you paid twenty bucks for two Auto Thrusters cards and you got a really nice Star Viper model to go with it you know so I, I'm really glad to see that that from what we appear to see right now now who knows what they're going to do two years from now with with wave and I know they're not using waves necessarily but with wave six seven when they start adding and expanding the content um, who knows what they're going to do then but from what we see right now that appears to be like the coolest thing about the game that I'm interested in so with the power creep that you mentioned that you've seen in X-Wing, uh, does that, because I mean, of course, X-Wing released the iconic ships right away. You know, you saw the X-Wing, the TIE Fighter, things like that. Um, did that, does the, you know, progressive power creep kind of ruin those iconic ships competitively? I wouldn't say it necessarily ruins them, but, you know, you don't see a whole lot of T-65s out on the board now because, Outside you know, of they Biggs were... or something. What's that? Outside of Biggs. Outside of Biggs, which yeah. has now been nerfed, so... Oh, yeah, But, but right. they've also now started, and, and one of the big, one of the big, um... 
uh, one of the big things that everybody's excited about with this uh, Wave 14 announcement that they just made is there's going to be a pack that has some upgrades that imp that makes is allegedly is going to make the T65 viable again. Uh, so there's always this kind of rotation where a, sh a ship's released, it, it's usually pretty good on release, and then four or five waves come out, and it, you know it'll get some help, um, but then they'll do uh, an expansion pack that addresses fixing these ships. You know they, they've had a, an Imperial Veterans pack that fixed Tie bombers and Tie defenders, and then we had Guns for Hire that fixed Star Vipers and, and K fighters, and now we're doing Saws uh, Saws Renegades that's going to fix T65s and U-wings, allegedly. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's much help for the U-wing, but as far um, as Legion goes, though, you know, five years from now, I don't know what the meta is going to look like, but I still want to see stormtroopers on the board. Sure, you know, and, I, I still and want you're, Darth and Vader to. to be I don't, a I don't think. Model. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see that just because you have to have certain core elements to your army. I don't think you're going to, and I think it would be very unwise of FFG to power creep. You know, certain units, so it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to make my entire army out of war droids now, or uh, snow troopers, or something like that. Um, there's always a, a, a risk reward for, for some of those things. And, and we see that even with the snow troopers. Yeah, the snow troopers are cool. They got some cool upgrades. They're like, the flamethrower is going to be epic. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but they can only move speed one. You know, so there's a there's a there's a trade off there, a tactical trade off that you have to make. Um, who knows how many core units they're going to release, and I mean that as C O R P S, not core set. Um, you know, who knows how many core units we're going to end up with with uh, you know the Imperial faction. But you look at the Star Wars fluff, and really, how many can you make? You know, short troopers might be special forces. Um, th there's not a whole lot of uh, things in the property, I think, that you can you can make as core units uh, to fill that you three core units that you have to have in your in your army. Well, of course, that always goes into you know what are they going to use for source material. Now, it seems like right away they're just mining the the original trilogy. Um, they were hesitant to do anything with the prequels in X-Wing, as far as I know? Uh, they haven't done a whole lot with the prequels yet. No, the ARC-170 is in... Um, it was just kind of reclaimed Clone War technology that the Rebels repurposed. Basically, and, and, they and pulled we see that, that in this. Yeah, yeah and, they, the, and they pulled that a little bit out of some of the comic books that started coming out. Um, once they started filling in, uh, like, Poe's parents and stuff like that. Um, though That all came out of that source material, really. Um, but, yeah, so we, we see some. But there's, like, like there's no uh, Naboo N1 fighter. There's no droid tri-fighter in X-Wing. Yeah. They, they haven't really touched... The, the the prequel movies um, so yeah if there's going to be a time jump involved I think they're going to go forward like they did with uh, the tie FOs and mm -hmm. things like that you're yeah. going to see first order uh, resistance uh, troops those kind of things which isn't to say that there's not space for that in Legion I mean oh, yeah. the concept of having a clone army on the table is really awesome. You know, I, I've I've seen a bunch of folks and talked to a bunch of folks that are really excited over the potential of of a droid army with well, you know B one battle droids, droid droidicas, and all that. You know, <laughs> and I think you know you know droids on staps and all that stuff. I think there's I think there's a lot of space, especially in the rules of, of what we've seen. I, I really think that there's that kind of space in there. For let's that let's not sugarcoat this. You just want to get General Jar Jar Binks out there, don't you? And smash him. You know, <laughs> if I see a General Jar Jar Binks on the field, I'm going to take an ATSD and I'm just going to step on him. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah, it's, I, it's I don't think we'll see the uh, Gungan faction army, if not to avoid the war crimes that eventually come because of it. But I, uh, Out of spite, I'm probably going to make one now. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make a Gungan army. Whether or not they release rules for it, I will, oh, I yeah. will hand sculpt an yeah. entire yeah. army. You're, you're going to green stuff and an entire Gungan army, and you're 
You're not going to play it. You're just going to sit it over there on the table don't, edge don't just to taunt won't, me. Don't think I won't Oh, do I it. know. Get Jar-jar. out of my head, John. Get out of my head. <laughs> flying behind a T-47 hooked to a tow cable. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking people over. Oh, man. Uh, so, Matt, what, what, what's one thing that you're looking forward to? Uh, the things that I'm most excited about right now for Legion is the upgrade system. I think it's a really elegant, uh, simple way to do it. Uh, used to before just writing out what your, uh, unit might have. And usually for those kind of, uh, the tabletop battle games, you would have like, oh, I've got a unit of like heavy weapon troopers. I've got a unit of like regular tactical troops, those kind of things. But with, uh, the cards that you're able to get, like the, the rocket launchers and the anti-personnel lasers and things like that. I think it's pretty cool because you can have your basic bog standard core trooper unit and it can just run up the core uh, board, take objectives and be fine with that. If you're going to actually throw like a 35 point, 45 point upgrade on it, you're changing the role that that uh, unit takes just because you're investing so many points in it. I mean, some of them are just as expensive as the unit as a whole. So if you want to maximize the use of your rocket launcher, guess what? you got to reload. So one of your two actions is going to be dedicated to running that rocket launcher. So you might have them run up the board a little early to make sure they're in range of everything, and then they just sit behind cover, and then they're using their rocket launcher and reaching out instead of running around. Because if you're running them each turn, then you're not getting the most out of your upgrades. So, so yeah. which which weapon of the upgrades are you looking forward to the most? Oh, I'm going to be playing them all. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely vehicles are going to be a concern early on, so I'm sure a lot of people... Uh, I'm, I'm going to be playing both Imperial and Rebels just because I want to have the opposite faction for whoever I might play. But definitely of I'm planning three troop units for each of the lists, two of them with uh, anti-vehicle, either the ion cannons or the rocket launcher, and the other one with the anti-personnel laser. Although I might drop that just to keep uh, a more mobile force. But troopers dr- die like crazy uh, just from the demos that we've seen. So it'll be interesting to see if they can actually survive to take the objectives or if you need to you know, go out there with other units that are a little bit more hardy. That's a good answer. Uh, you're wrong. The correct okay. answer was flamethrower. Oh, flamethrower. That, yes. that was the that, answer. That right on the tip of my tongue. I had it. The correct answer is <laughs> always flamethrower. Flame 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 go with the flamethrower. I mean, who's going to complain about an ATRT with a flamethrower? No. I mean, no, except absolutely. unless you're on the receiving end of the ATRT. Then you uh, unfortunately, until they make the ATRTs like as part of the required uh, building requirements for your lists, which is uh, three uh, of the core units and then one commander. Cool, but uh, in the meantime, hey, you got to spend these points on these uh, troops, so why not, you know, maximize their potential? Absolutely. Uh, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most uh, would have to be the command system, the the command card system. I, it's oh, something yeah. that I kind of liked about Bolt Action. You, you can't see it, but Josh is Josh just is wincing in right pain now. right now. <laughs> this, is a, this has been a, a point of contention between the two of us. Yeah. Um, I played a little bit of Bolt Action and 40K, and one thing that I I liked about Bolt action is the fact that it's not like you put all your table, your men on the table, your opponent does, and then they shoot you with everything they have, and then you pick up half your models. That's uh-huh. a real, that's a really you know poor way to start a game. And it doesn't you, feel good right when you away. take the yeah. time and forty k the money mm-hmm, <laughs> that you invest in some of these models. You know the time you do take to paint them, you want them to actually do something. And when you never get a chance to actually do anything with it because you're just picking it up and put it right back in the box. It kind of ruins the fun of it, and at least with bolt action, you you have random activation. So every unit has a token. You put them in a bag. Somebody draws whoever's you know colored dice it is. That's who goes first. You pick a unit to go. Um, that might be a little bit too random. 
Yeah. So I like the aspect. Well, that, good news, John. <laughs> well, yeah. So Legion kind of bridged that gap a little bit by having a activation system where you can kind of gamble against your opponent, play a command card, whoever has the the lowest number of actions on that command card, they get to go first. Mm-hmm. And I like that because if you got one unit that you absolutely need to have go before your opponent, you can you know draw that one action card. Yeah. And hope that they didn't do the same thing, but but either way, I mean, there's there's ways to mitigate just the randomness of activation. Now, Josh, I know you're you're probably biting your tongue over here. Why does that upset you so much? I, I, I hate it, it. It's the one thing like with the power of a million yes. burning suns. I hate let the hate the, flow through yeah, you. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm about to. <laughs> um, I hate everything about the command and control system in this game just because. It's not, and and I hate to be this guy, and it is probably the only time you're ever you're ever going to hear me say it. But it, it doesn't it doesn't make it. It's not real. It doesn't make any sense. Like game systems, when you're designing a game, a game uh, a mechanic in a game should do one of two things. It should simulate something in real life, like in bolt action. Um, or it should explain, there should be at least a good explanation as to why this mechanic exists. Oh, and so, it does both of those things, so that's perfect. Well, it, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, you look, at, you look at bolt action. And if you look historically at World War II, there was really no way uh, up until about like mid-1944 for infantry to talk to tanks, to talk to, you know, they, they operated on completely different radio systems. One was AM, one was FM. It just... It, there was no coordination. So when you talk about bolt action and you say that, okay, it's random. Okay, now this guy goes. Now this guy goes. Now this guy goes. That was that, That's actually an accurate representation of how command and control, at least on the, on the platoon and company level, kind of worked in, in World War II. That makes sense. Okay, um, or if you look at like BattleTech, you know you got a you got a giant hundred foot or you got a giant hundred ton stompy robot with enough weaponry on it to level a city block. Okay, well you know if we all had that robot firing all those weapons every single turn, it'd be a very short game. You know, so inside of the fluff in 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 BattleTech, you have the heat mechanic. Where weapons generate heat, and so now what that does is that makes you make decisions about, well, with this range and this and this and that and how much I moved, how much heat you're willing to generate per round to fire all of these weapons. Yeah, it becomes a risk-reward mechanic. Right, and you can't just alpha strike every every single round, otherwise you're going to blow up your mech. And I look at the command and control, and not just the command cards, but also the long-range comlink upgrade. It makes no sense to me. Okay, I understand long-range comlinks, but if you look within the fluff in Star Wars, because that's what we're that's what we're playing out here, right? We're we're playing out, you know, the Battle of Endor. We're playing out the Battle of Scarif, the Beach Assault. The guys can talk to each other with their helmets. Oh yeah, because they than, paid the five points for their upgrade. <laughs> more than, but but I mean, you know, you look at the mechanic of the like, say the the long the long-range comlink. You know, it lets you talk to units further than range three. Mm-hmm. Range three on this board is like 150 feet. You're trying to tell me, even in a galaxy a long time ago, uh, in a galaxy far, far away, that they can't talk to each other? They can, they can fly through hyperspace, but you can't talk on the radio to somebody that's 150 feet away without a special upgrade? I mean, the comlink that Luke had, it was just a personal comlink, and he could talk all the way through the Death Star to C-3PO. You're telling me? I mean, it, 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 it's, it's a gamey mechanic. It's something that's in there because 
a developer said, well, we need to have a mechanic for this. But it doesn't make any sense in the, I mean, this is a squad size, platoon size game. Right, uh-huh. you, you're telling me that a platoon can't talk to itself without special upgrades? It's nonsensical. You know, Julius Caesar had a battle line a quarter of a mile wide, and he could talk from one end of it to the other, or at least communicate vague hints using nothing but horns and flags. I mean, I I I, I hate it. It doesn't make any sense. So. I think you might be focusing a little bit too much on the, oh, are they within range or without? So they still get to do their activation tokens. It just may not be in the order you originally hoped. Sure, but, I mean, and again, I don't want to be real-life guy, but if you look at... Then don't be that guy. (laughs) (laughs) You look at modern armies, you know, and I think that's probably the, the closest analog now to what's going on in Iraq, Afghanistan, what have you. You know, these guys all have microphones and they all have radios and each person is in contact with each other person. You know, it, it, it's it's not a range thing. It, it, you, you've got to be miles away to not be able to talk to armor, artillery, air power, you know. Okay, back, that is a the... fully equipped and functional army. Not everybody, especially the rebellion, piecing together crap that was left over from so a war 30 that, years so that, ago. So that, you know what? Make that a mechanic that they I did. as a rebel player points for has it. to deal with. Okay. Um, you, you know, and, and I'm not a fan of the, the you know, just, well... I can only issue orders to three of my guys. Because you that's your, your lieutenant step. Okay, Alpha Squad, Bravo Squad, we're going to execute Plan Delta Sigma 3. Go. I think you gotta, and and you meanwhile, guys, everybody else is doing their thing. Do whatever you want, whenever. No, they've got I their mean, standing orders. Uh, you have to suspend some level of disbelief yeah. just because of the fact that, number one, it's a game. Number two, no. there's a lot of elements that go into it. I mean, when you're on Hoth... You have to imagine maybe there's a snowstorm. Maybe you can't you know reach communications out that far. If you're on Endor, you might have tree interference. You With might all have, the asteroid activity you might have in some the system, E-walk pulling on your communications cables. Who knows? So, I mean, you've been in the military. You know how sure. communications can no, no, break no, down. No, no, I know. Yes, quickly. it can break down. But you know, I, I just how it's supposed to work. And yes, no plan how survives it's supposed contact to with work. the enemy. Okay, but you know, it, it just strikes me as as one of those things that they they wanted to. Uh, another layer of strategy, and it wasn't that well thought out. Um, you know, the, the the common upgrade cards. It, it, it's like okay, you can you can assign units, you can assign orders to one unit. Okay, so I, I want to make sure my ATRT goes, so my commander goes into the pile. You telling me the commander? I mean, for every turn, the commander should be able to at least issue orders to himself and one other unit. Um, you know, I would have liked to have seen a system. I don't mind there being a, a mechanic for command and control. That's not that's not the thing. I would have liked to have seen something that was more okay. Your army gets two activations per turn. Your commander gets to add an additional two to that. And depending on what commander you bring, General Veer, you know, Darth Vader is a very choppy we, person. We could very know? well see that, you know. The, the, we could. But the commander slot is wide open and, for the future. And again, this is speculation with what we see right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, but from what we see of this, of what we've seen of, of uh, the Let's Play videos and, and the preview articles, it's it's not that, you know. Uh, choosing Veers as my commander over Vader as my commander, it's like, well, do I want the buff bot commander or do I want the choppy commander? You know, do I want a commander that's 95 points or do I want one that's 200? Uh, Veers should be able to control more people than Darth Vader. Because G- Veers is a battlefield commander and Darth Vader is just kind of a really choppy, angry dude. Hmm. 
I swear, yeah. at one point, I thought I saw your eyes turn red, and I thought you were. Yeah, I thought you were going to force choke me. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I really yeah. thought he was going to start choking but, me. Uh, no, you guys, are I, I think we can all agree that we probably need to get like a ton of games in with this and just play Absolutely, with the system. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold any kind of judgment on that. Yeah. I think it's a cool concept. I like. I understand what you're saying about the you know, communication range, but it's a mechanic that I think that we just need to get a few games under our belt before yeah, we see if it actually really you know and, really I'm, and I'm fully willing to admit that we may play the game and I go oh, okay I get it I kind of like this strategy I okay like we need sports, to mark this today this, and uh, <laughs> we'll check back in a month but and... when I when I just look at the look at the mechanic on its face I don't like it it just seems okay. overly gamey you're right. I well, hate you're when welcome. Games to, with flying yeah. jet bikes don't seem realistic. Yeah, no, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but I'm not even talking about realism in the real world sense. I'm talking understand. about the kind of stuff that we've seen. You know, you look at Rogue One, and, and I don't want to belabor the point, but you had a multi-pronged attack with guys in a tower and guys all over a beach, and they could all talk to each other. But they yeah. couldn't talk to the people in space. Yes, they could once they. Well, yeah, you know, once yeah. they paid for their upgrade. But points. that was okay. Well, boils down to you got to pay the points. Well, you know when we when we when we institute orbital bombardment into this game. Which, yeah. Oh dear God, please. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. It's well, it seems we, like Veers, Veers kind of has that mechanic. It looks like or something along the lines of that. Um, he's got a mechanic where it lets you what, throw. I think it's three or four red dice right off the bat. Like Ooh. once per game, yeah. I like that. I don't have the card in front of me, but uh, he, he seems spicy. Nobody does. Yeah, <laughs> nobody yeah, has yeah. the card in front well, of me. Well, well, yeah. some people in Minnesota might. Or Australia. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lucky them. Yeah, yeah, but they're you know they're snowed in right now, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> So Matt, what's uh, what's one thing that you're uh, a little hesitant about? I'm, I'm I'm kind of worried. So Armada, when it came out, there was a real lack of content coming out of the pipe from it, and it really killed the game off, at least for us and uh, our community that was playing it. It looks like they're addressing that, uh, but it is still a big concern of mine that basically we're going to have the core set, we're going to have Veers, Leia, uh, and those extra troop options. We don't know what else is coming, though. I don't know if this is calculated on Fantasy Flight's uh, behalf for their marketing. They don't want to overwhelm people with all these things. I have heard that they're planning releases every month for the first year, which would be great, uh, especially if they're really quality stuff that people are excited about. I'd love to see, like we said, the Shore Troopers, maybe some Tauntaun Cavalry, something like that. Uh, My fondest hope is the actually rebuilt speeders from uh, The Last Jedi before they got all stripped out. I think that'd be super cool. But we just don't know what's coming out. And that lack, people are going to get tired of seeing the same stuff on the table really quick. After, you know, a dozen games, they're like, ah, oh, okay, more Stormtroopers, yeah. more ATRTs. Spear bikes against an RT, ATRT. Yeah. Oh, well, here we go again. Yeah. yeah, let's roll the dice. But uh, so some diversity in what's coming out, I'm, I'm really anxious for. Adding another commander, I think, is really huge, and I'm glad they're doing that. And I'm hoping they're going to add a third one before too long, just so we can... It seems the commanders can really change up the way the lists play. Yeah, that's one thing that that I'm looking forward to the most because I really think that you know having the Empire and, and having the Rebels being the only two factions right away is oh, restrictive enough. But yeah, if you've got two armies that are playing the exact same way, facing against each other, uh, from a you know casual standpoint, I guess it's it's okay. But from a competitive standpoint, I mean, nobody wants to go to a tournament where there's only two different two different kind of lists. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Is, so, is that your biggest concern right that's, now? Yeah, yeah. That, that's probably my biggest concern. And, yeah, just like I'd like to be able to have another faction, whether it's Scum and Villainy like you saw in X-Wing or— Oh, you know, I hope they go further than just one, you know, dump everything in oh, here. Oh, yeah, I, I, I want to see, you know, Mandalorians. Oh, God, I want yeah. to see the Trade, fe- trade Federation, things like that. Um, but then, of course, you know, are they going to rope those into existing factions? You know, are we going to see an actual hut cartel faction would be really that would be awesome. You know, yeah, and, you without know, going into the black. Uh, one of the things I've seen as, I, as I've plumbed Reddit and, and the forums and everything, people are like, well, the huts don't have an army. But you look at the you look at the scale of the game, and again, it's a it's a platoon size game. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm sure the huts have like 30 guys laying around. They had enough guys on Java sail barge to oh, sure. put on the yeah, table. No, you have your Devaronians you know, yeah, and your so, Weequays and whatever uh, running around. I, I don't think I don't think anybody's off the table as far as this. You know, no. you could have a, a Black Sun unit. You could it just it all depends on how far really I think Disney is going to let them go in mining the old EU. Um, we're seeing a little bit of that now with uh, with some stuff in X-Wing. Um, you know, the, the, the assault gunboat was in the TIE Fighter game. Oh, yeah. No. It was in the TIE Fighter game, and I don't think it really had many other... Uh, after Disney went and dumped the EU, um, I don't think there were very many places where you saw gunboats, if at all, and... They were allowed to, FFG was allowed to put it out, which was one of the most anticipated ships in the game since I can remember playing yeah. it. Um, so it, it all depends on how much Disney is going to let them go into the depths of the EU, you know, or how much they're going to flesh out, you know, say, if there's a Mandalorian faction. You know, are we going to see? You know, how much, uh, how how many, man, how much Mandalorian gear and tech? Yeah, all the have different seen, houses. You know, yeah. yeah. The- so my my one thing that kind of goes along with that is you know I really enjoy the the narrative aspect of the gaming uh, probably more the competitive part of it I kind of like you know being able to you know, forge my own narrative have my own my own army and kind of create my own backstory for my my characters and hop around in the meadow with the other fluff bunnies exactly but you can't really <laughs> do that when you only have Darth Vader Luke Skywalker Princess Leia to choose from I, I want a generic rebel general or I want a oh, you know a yeah. generic General Veers, but you know, you want your space marine captain that you can name and exactly, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'd like to see them move into a a, a better, you know, narrative gaming. You know, they're never going to do that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of space for it, though. I mean, oh sure, there is. The heroes of the Arturi cluster with X Wing and oh yeah, I'm sure we're going to see some fan cooked up stuff. Yeah, which I mean, if it's quality, who cares who it's by? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. That's kind of the thing unfortunately star well fortunately or unfortunately it's a character driven narrative you know all these people have names even random guy sitting on the bar stool in Moss Eisley he's got a name he's got a backstory he's going to pop up in Rogue One guess what but having Lieutenant Steven Starkiller your own little named guy outside of like a Corellian conflict like little campaign book they put together I don't know if they'll just have generic you know Hoth rebel lieutenant you know who's going to be excited for that but even Except if you, John. <laughs> well, even if it's something that's not like directly FFG supported, as long as it's something that they leave you, you know, a little bit of room to work with, to you know, maybe not adjust the stats or anything like that, but you know, just some generic characters that you can kind of mold, how, you know, however you want to make them. You want kind of like a Necromunda style, yeah, or battle company, something, something that. like yeah. that for like the Hobbit, but where you can develop characters and that's I yeah, mean, something along the lines of that. That'd be cool. I mean, well, they have the Imperial Assault campaign game. You can do that. 
the, but, the, the game's already out. Look, I, I'm looking forward. Okay, I'm not trying to look oh, back. Oh, okay. Here. So don't don't tell me what I already have. Tell me. Uh, so look, tell you what I want. Speaking of looking forward, Josh, what's one thing that you're uh, really looking forward to with this? Flamethrowers. <laughs> Good answer. See, yeah, flamethrowers. Yeah. See, the answer is always flamethrowers. Flamethrowers. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I, even from a mechanical standpoint in the game, that you know, okay, you you two add black dice two black per dice for every yeah. troop you're shooting it at. It, it it gives you, like, tactically it gives you an impetus to go find the biggest group of infantry and just flame them out, you know? Because a flamethrower is not as effective if you're only shooting at two guys than if you're shooting at seven. Um, <laughs> I think I mentioned earlier about how every troop unit should probably be loaded for anti-vehicle stuff early this this is this is part of the reason well i mean but eventually we're gonna have the snow troopers and they're gonna have flamethrowers so ooh, i can't wait flamethrowers prepare for the, the flamethrower heavy meta right oh, oh man is it is that going to be the thing have, have i mentioned in <laughs> how 40K? many flamethrowers can i get in the list this but is what we're doing it's, it's no mistake in 40k that my favorite chapter is the salamanders i mean i'm just saying okay <laughs> flamethrowers i thought you just like green no, well, there's that too. Okay. Usually when it's in my pocket. But, uh, oh, yeah. what's that like? I don't know. <laughs> so, Matt, what's uh, what's one thing you're really hoping for in this game? Uh, I mean, I'm excited for them to add more factions, obviously. Um, I'm looking forward to the tournaments, really. I, I, I kind of want to travel for this one. I haven't done that since, like, Warhammer Fantasy 8th Edition, but this is kind of the game I'm going to be staking my my claim on and saying, I want to get good at this. I want to have fun with this. I want to get the most out of this game and hobby as possible. So uh, I'll be looking to go to Worlds each year if I can swing it. Any other, like the Gen Cons or Adepticon, uh, we're lucky to have Las Vegas Open out here. I'm sure they'll be doing a Legion event probably next year. So uh, that that is my, I want to be competitive and have a lot of fun with this game. I would like to meet more people in the community and because that was something that was always exciting about traveling is meeting people from other places and how they play the game, different metas. So. The great thing about, I think, Star Wars with this IP is that it's not as hard to get into as something like Warhammer 40K mm-hmm. because... You know, with X-Wing, I think a lot of people who were casual gamers or board gamers kind of came over to it, and that might have been, like, you know, a good gateway drug to, to war gaming in general. This may be the, you know, the full, the full-on addiction that everyone leads to. Yeah, and I mean, with, with X-Wing, you know, well, with 40K, you've got 30 years of, of history that you've got to catch up on and, you yeah. know, all of the changes, and uh, obviously you've got to choose a faction, and there's, what, 13, 14, something like oh, that, no, playable there's factions? More, there's way more than that. Um, yeah. Um, X-Wing, though, because of you, you've got to catch up, you know, so if you're trying to get an X-Wing right now, you've got 13 waves of ships you need to buy because you've got to catch them all. Um, and, and that's a significant outlay of money. Um. But even for, like, let's fast forward this a few years. I think this is still going to be, you know, assuming that everything stays on an even slate and there isn't a power creep. This is probably one of the easiest, most successful games to get into just monetarily wise, too. I mean, if, especially if you can find somebody like split some uh, core sets with. Maybe one or two extra troop units, but yeah, you each buy the core, you trade back and forth. You got a rebel player, you got an imperial player. Ninety bucks, you're you're in the game, and you've got a full size everything required to play. And, yeah. and that's that's what I'm doing on launch. You know, I found another player here in the community. He wants to play terrorists. I'm going to play the good guys. Um, <laughs> and, Freedom and, fighters. Yep. Yeah, and uh, so so my initial outlay for the game is a core set. I'm going to take his Imperials and an ATST, and that's that's there it is. You got a really good starting. That's my initial outlay for the game. Um, You know, I don't I don't have to feel like I have to go and buy you know Rebel Troopers and and Snowspeeders and ATRTs and all all this other stuff. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I think that's great. John, I think you're going a little more nuts like I am with this. And, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. going to bring balance to the force. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play both, you know, or whatever. i got to paint all of them. Let's be real. Yeah. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. just, you know, paint half a faction and sit there and stare at all the stormtroopers and then be like, well, I'm just going to leave them on the table. No, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to paint everything. So I'm looking forward to playing both factions. Um, which one I'm, you know, most excited about? Oh, man, I, I'm leading towards the Rebels. You know, ATRTs and stuff like that. And, the T forty sevens are what sold me. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, they're one of my favorite vehicles from the original trilogy. And then, but then ATSTs. So I've got excuses to play both faction. I think everybody's excited for ATSTs. So we've heard from FFG that they're looking at doing about eight hundred points for yes. the uh, the tournament level or for competitive play. Right. And within the box itself, you're not getting close to that. You're, well, you're uh, getting fairly close. You're looking about six, six fifty with reasonable amounts of upgrades without just cramming every maximum point on there for a playable force. So you could uh, get pretty close. Maybe add another troop box if you're just getting uh, one core set and you want to pick one side, uh, and then like a speeder bike box or another ATRT or something like that, and you're at a solid eight hundred there. But that you know that might not be what you want for your ideal competitive list. Oh, no, absolutely not. That's just kind of getting you in the door. What's going to be competitive? Wow, that's going to take, you know, a lot of reps. I'm I'm sure people are out there already theoretically in a vacuum. Here, this is going to be the optimum list. This is the most amount of flamethrowers you can get on the table right now. So from from what you've seen so far that's that's coming out there, that first wave one, what are you putting together for the 800-point list? Oh, mine's going to be basically, uh, I started talking about it earlier, the, the three troops with their, their weapon upgrades. Uh, Luke with, uh, well, gosh, what is it? The the one that gives them the dodge token uh, in there, plus I'm going to be doing the two T-47s, probably with the ground buzzers on there, and that's going to get me close to 800 points. So that's, that's kind of what I'm looking at, mostly because I want to play around with the flying units. All right, Josh. Well, since we already know you're playing Empire, what uh, what Imperial factions are you bringing out there? Well, what I what I've got, uh, and I'm pulling it up on uh, Battlescribe right now just to see everything that I've got. Um, just to make sure I can you know name all the upgrades. Correctly. <laughs> um, you know, I've got I've got Vader with uh, Force Reflexes, which is the oh, there, token. Okay, yes. Yeah, and, and the Saber Throw uh, that comes in about 225 points. You need uh, so from what I've seen so far, Saber Throw seems like it's like you have to have. It's it. an auto include. Yeah, yeah pretty that much. Is and then Vader. and then also, especially with Vader with uh, only moving at a speed one. Uh, you need that force reflexes because if he's going to be out in the open and getting shot at, you want to have at least the ability to maybe deflect some of that back. And uh, well, and, they and, also do have the deflect ability on right, the, them yeah. Jedi. But you have to have the dodge token to have that yeah. I- enabled. Well, if you're going to um, put like a third of your points in your army into well, one, that too. <laughs> you probably yeah. want to keep them alive a little while. And speaking of putting a third of my points into one unit in the army, you're also putting out uh, kind of a light ATST. Um, <laughs> a light ATS. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you're not maximizing every one of those hard points. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you were to completely tool that thing up, you're looking at close to 300, yeah, 350 probably close points. To 300. Um, the build I've got right now is the um, the uh, twin light blaster cannon upgrade, uh, long range comm links because apparently you know you need to be able to talk more than 300 meters away. <laughs> or you could just hang uh, out with Vader. That's fine. Too. Yeah, that too. You know, I could you know, try not to step on him. Uh, maybe he could force throw me at something across the battlefield. Can, can we do that? A little ATST uh, fastball yeah, special. Well, yeah. we, we saw in Rebels that, you know, he could pick him up. So mm-hmm. anyways, um, and then the General Weiss upgrade, which uh, maybe maybe I don't need with the uh, the Arsenal, uh, keyword Arsenal 2. But um, 
Um, and then I've got uh, three units of stormtroopers with uh, the extra stormtrooper and then the DLT-19 stormtrooper. Oh, nice. Um, I may put on one of the rockets on one of them. I think that would serve you well. Which, yeah, it might. Um, and then one unit of speeder bikes with just the, the long-range comlink because I don't think there's really a whole lot of uh, – there's no extra hard points on, on the speeder No, bikes. they just get the comlink um, Yeah, but it's just the They've comlink. got a really good gun for that unit on yeah. there anyway. It, so. and, and, you know, unlike um, – Unlike the, you know, you can shoot the scout pistol yeah. out of arc. Yeah. You know, you're you're not you're not committed to using that to shoot in arc. Um, I mean, you're better off doing that. Oh, but you absolutely. can split fire sure. if you need to. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, that's and that gets me to I think like 797 points. Yeah. Oh, so you're going so, for that blue red players uh, pick? Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, um, I personally, I mean, just looking at that, that doesn't seem like a whole lot. And I know, you know, I, I know it's about trying to make sure you've got a you've got a way putting upgrades on this and on that. Looking at just the costing of an ATST, uh, man, I don't know if eight hundred points is is the the sweet spot for this game. Um, and that very a, well a could thousand be. might yeah. be better. I think you, you, you can kind of flesh your your units out a little bit. Um, but bringing you like, hey, I'm putting just this ATST on the board with no upgrades. That doesn't really seem. It's it's a decision. You know, you you got to make that decision. It'll probably make the game play faster having 800 points. But I I see what you mean though. Um, I, I, mean, I think it's also yeah. preventing people from throwing out like two ATSTs at a time or. You know. That can be tough to deal with. They do include rules in the rulebook for if you want to do a grand army, which is 1,600 points. But we could see something like in 40K where the community kind of votes and some of the bigger tournaments or whatever. If they're not official FFG tournaments, they'll say, okay, we're doing 1,200 points. And that might be the accepted total that kind of gets around. Well, I mean, it, it, and I, I wouldn't say the problem necessarily with that, but most of the tournaments that are major tournaments out there are some sort of FFG tournament, yeah. especially now. You know, Nova Open is the U.S. Nationals. Um, you know, you've had your store and regional championships, and and for FFG's organized play, yeah. that that store regional national world thing, that's that's where it's at, as opposed to you know, as opposed to um, you know, Nova Open for forty k or uh, LVO here locally. You know, I don't know if that's a, that, that doesn't feed into the national ladder of competitions necessarily. Yeah, I'm actually going up to Gamma, uh, which usually gets me pretty good access to the Fantasy Fly guys. That's one of the things I'm going to be asking them is that there's going to be multiple tournament format points uh, that are going to be supported for organized play, or is it just going to be this locked in 800 points? Because I could see where there would be, you know, you, you want to play with more stuff on the table, get all your toys out. I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most as far as building a, the list, uh, I really want to get some troops on the board. I, I'm looking at those rebels. Bunch of, the, bunch the rebel of dudes out models. there. Yeah, you know, not to, do, not to go as far as, you know, as you say in 40K, the, you know, MSU spam. I'm not trying to do that necessarily, <laughs> but I think with the, the objectives being, you know, how you win games, you know, sure, it's great to be able to blow somebody off the board with two ATSTs or, you know, a bunch of ATRTs, but just having, you know, five, six units on the board. And they haven't said anything about having a maximum number of, of core units. No, they, they just have the minimum, but I haven't seen anything for maximums at all. So, I mean, if you throw, you know, 50, 60 troopers on the board, yeah, Darth Vader can probably wipe out a unit a turn, but does he have enough time to get across the board? <laughs> you can only choke so many people. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's just a man, just a robot man. Well, and there's, uh, like you said, you know, troopers die quickly. If yeah. this is an, a, a, a capture and hold object, objective-based kind of game, those three core units, 
you may be sitting there with your AT, your ATSD stomping around and your speeder bike zipping around, but if you've got no, if, if your three dudes are gone, you know, your three units of dudes are gone, there's no way to go ahead and get in there and get that objective. Well, you know, if you go into it with the same attitude that, uh, you know, the Russian military had in World War II, you just throw more troops at them than they have uh, the means to choke them. And well, Does <laughs> anybody know if, like, the commissar hat will fit uh, Darth Vader's helmet? Well, because, yeah, Darth Vader, one of his force <laughs> abilities that he no, has... he kills his own guys, right? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that's... You know, if I'm going to kit-bash anything together in this game, I am definitely finding a 40K commissar hat, and I'm going <laughs> to smack it on my Darth Vader. I probably have a couple extra ones Can lying I borrow around. one? Yeah. Can I do that? That's, that's going to be... Yeah, man, that's going to be a lot of fun. Pretty sure... Uh, Darth Vader was choking out people on command bridges well before the commissars <laughs> existed just to... Well, so you maybe know, you should well, put Darth Vader helmets on your commissars is what I'm saying. But then I'd have to go and buy 40K stuff. Okay, well, let's yeah. not do that. Yeah. Let's, let's focus on Legion. Yeah. I, I probably have enough, you know, commissar hats for everyone. <laughs> you really want to put some 40K, no. some 40K gear on your, uh, your Darth Vader. And I know there's just people in the community because I've seen people get very ragey when you just compare Legion to 40K. Man, uh, if, I put, if, I put, if I put a Darth Vader on there with some piece of 40K kit and just watch people's <laughs> head explode, mm, troll level maximum. Just, need, just throw more skulls on your ATST, <laughs> things like that. I think what you need to do is you need to find – there's a miniature Star Trek game, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Star Trek Attack Wing, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I don't know if there's one that actually has, like, the ground combat units, but if you can find, Oh, uh, actually, like, they do. The The RPG that came out from Modiphius has same a scale? little tactical. Uh, it's pretty close. Uh, I want to say it's, like, 28, 30 millimeters. Just, so. just take, take a lightsaber off of one of the models and put it on, like, Captain Kirk or... Uh, or Spock, and oh, just bring man. him out. Like, oh, here's my Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> just you no. know, bring it to, like, some major tournament where some neckbeard just gets <laughs> raged, triggered. Oh, uh, Here's, yeah, my, here's my red shirt squad. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an expensive troll, but, uh, but fun. Well, that about does it here for the Legion Outrider podcast. I want to thank you two for joining me here today for the podcast. Wait, that's it? That's, that's it? That's it for today. But that's all you oh, get man. for five bucks, man. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Well, the first time is always the most special. So. <laughs> oh, they always, they always come back for more, though. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, yeah, two weeks from now we'll be doing our uh, follow-up, presuming, you know, we don't get too much <laughs> rage emails about the Star Trek joke. Death threats, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're going to try to do this every two weeks. Uh, next time we'll have the physical copy of the demo copy of the, the game, hopefully. Yeah, and, um, uh, that would be absolutely wizard. We can put some some models on the table, you know, check the stuff out for ourselves while we're actually doing the next podcast. And uh, in the meantime, if you want to check out some of our hobby progress or uh, get in contact with us, send us some questions, hate mail, whatever, uh, how can they get a hold of us, Josh? Not the hate mail, just yeah, keep not, that to not yourself. Not the hate That's mail. Well, well, we have, Josh uh, feeds off hate mail, <laughs> actually. Right? Um, well, you can reach us at our, uh, at our at our email account. We have a, you know, if you prefer email, we have, uh, it's uh, legionoutriders at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to find us on the Facey page, it's uh, facebook.com slash legionoutriders. Uh, and if you're on the Twitter, it is... Uh, Twitter it is at Legion Outriders. Our, our, our it, that's our uh, Twitter handle. And 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 like John that just said, easy. yeah. And, and like John just said, you know, we're not going to be just pushing the the goal. We're not just hoping to just push out a podcast. But hopefully, you'll see some some let's plays out of us from uh, from from that that demo kit. You know, I'll be putting up my very poorly painted uh, schemes that I'm going to be looking at because I know I'm not doing <laughs> the standard schemes for for Star Wars uh, for for my. Uh, for my heroic pink Imperial. Hello Kitty stormtroopers incoming. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, 
So we're going to be putting all of that up there too. You know, we're we're we're, we're trying to. We've got uh, our plan is to push a lot of different content uh, on on this uh, uh, this whole podcast thing. So, John, do you have your own Twitter account so people can see somebody? I that actually can paint don't. Well? I didn't pay the five points the long ridge com up link oh so man I i'm sure we'll get you set Twitter, up here soon but uh yeah check the I'll, show notes <laughs> i'll go ahead and load up any of the the photo the, the hobby progress photos that i have on the uh, the legion outriders page so everyone can check that out cool and you can reach me on at frontier gaming channel it's uh, i think at frontier gaming c on twitter mm-hmm. and i've got my own youtube channel that i upload uh things we've been working on legion here recently but we also do war machine 40k all that kind of stuff so you can reach me there All right, Outriders, see you in two weeks. You've been listening to the Legion Outriders podcast. Only now, at the end, do you understand? For more from the Outriders, make sure you like us on Twitter at Legion Outriders, subscribe to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Legion Outriders, and make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home.